0: Hello and welcome to Aisha presents with me, Aisha Narbi. In this episode, we'll be exploring the health benefits of flotation therapy. I'll be chatting to Dominic Ferry, who works at Floatworks in London. Dominic studied film at University of Falmouth and moved to London five years ago to work in the film industry. He spent a gap year travelling and exploring spirituality, living with a monk, meditating ten hours a day. This led Dom to leave his job to work at Floatworks to spend some time out. He suffered from anxiety from an early age and has always been looking for different ways to try and help him become less anxious. Additionally, he also studied Advaita Vendata for five years with Rupert Spira and lived at the UK Vipassana Centre in Hereford. If you or anyone you know are affected by any of the issues raised, please click on the link in the episode description for further advice and support it's good to talk. This series is sponsored by AREMA CBD oils, which many people have found helpful in alleviating the symptoms of physical pain and anxiety. AREMA have an extensive range of CBD oils in varying strengths. Their researchers have extracted pure hemp oil from organically grown cannabis plants without using harmful chemicals. All of their products are manufactured and tested in the UK in a strict and methodical environment, making AREMA CBD amongst the purest on the market. Visit www.arima.co.uk to make your purchase. If you use my code Aisha10, you will receive 10% off on all your orders. I'm joined now with Dominic Berry. Hello Dom, thank you so much for coming today.
1: My pleasure, thank you for inviting me.
0: How are you doing?
1: Very well, very well.
0: I heard you did a um a cold water dip today.
1: Yeah, I went to Hampstead Heath Ponds and jumped in for my first time.
0: Very brave. Thank you.
1: Thank <laughs> you. It was absolutely freezing.
0: Is it your is have you been doing that for long?
1: Um, I used to. I used to be really into kind of like cold therapy. Uh you know, obviously Wim Hof and the classic. So yeah. doing lots of cold showers. Um but I stopped and recently when my friend works out there's a there's an ice bath. So I went there with him recently uh, and did an ice bath and I, I was like, oh, I need to get back into this. So I started to take cold showers again and I, me and my friend went to Hampstead Heath today and jumped in. And it was funny because where the ice bath is, there's a sauna next to it. Yeah. I was telling you earlier and you, you kind of get out and you go straight into the sauna and you warm up. But when you jumped in the, in the pond and you get out, it was absolutely freezing, but there was no way to warm up. And it, it was it was a lot more challenging. You yeah, know? Um, I, I bet. <laughs> I, I actually went into a state of shock, and like it took me a while to get back around. But it's good because it's like it's get, it's getting back into nature, isn't it? And and jumping in water and just feeling alive and, yeah. and facing challenge, and uh, you know, I guess it
0: sets you up for the day because it's quite massively, invigorating, massively.
1: Yeah, but start start slowly, I think. Uh, you know, for sure.
0: Practice in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the Advice of Vendanta.
1: Yeah, sure. So. It's kind of a, a long story, but basically, um, I mean, I got into spirituality when I was co- like very young, actually, like 1920. And it's it's kind of like, you, I read a book called The Power of Now, and it's a classic. I think everyone's oh, read yeah, it, right? Oh, yeah, I can't yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, you know, it gives you a little bit of an understanding of it. But uh, long story short, like five years later, I ended up living with this guy and he, I call him the urban shaman. So <laughs> he kind of does kind of psychedelic retreats. And you go on them and you take things like ayahuasca so and stuff. I was
0: going to ask yeah. you, I bet you did that. I know some people have done that and it was yeah. quite an experience. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. It's, is it true you throw up before you um, have the trip?
1: Well, I haven't drank. So, yeah. If you, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea is that you're purging out toxins. So, things that are kind of negative inside of you. It's like a, it's like a metaphor. The throwing up is the throwing up of the the evil inside of you
0: i i really hate throwing up
1: right okay it
0: really causes me a lot of physical pain yeah yeah
1: i mean who likes throwing up so
0: i don't think i, <laughs> I don't think i mentally <laughs> yeah. equipped to do that don't know we've got two <laughs> things
1: for you to do now like cold showers and then throwing up oh my up. god
0: <laughs> this is not what we devise normally guys
1: <laughs> yeah this is uh this it's going to be counterintuitive i think this episode so
0: um <laughs> the so yeah the advisor yeah man, yeah
1: so basically what it is is it's It's at the core of Vedic literature, which Mm -hmm. is one of the first religions in India. Uh, The idea is it stands for not to. So the English kind of word for it is non-duality. And it's that the heart of most kind of spiritual traditions. Mm -hmm. It's basically a realization of the fact that uh, reality is one, not two. So uh, the idea is like we uh, see in our experience reality as a subject object. So like you look at a can, like I am looking at a can. Um, Not... Advaita Vedanta or non-duality is basically realizing that there isn't a thing looking at the can. It's all just like one sensory experience. Yeah. And, and the, the, the concept is the duality, the fact that you think you're looking at a can, is what causes our mental suffering. It's like the, the root of it.
0: So is it in a way just being more... The practice is being more present as well, um, would you say?
1: <laughs> so it gets interesting. No, not necessarily. It's a re- It's a Okay, here's a question. Like It's like this. If you watch a film... Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a scary film. And you get really engrossed in it. You forget that you're watching a film, right? Mm-hmm. And you you can get kind of wrapped up in the characters and get invested in it and get, get kind of... I
0: get like that with every Leonardo DiCaprio film. Exactly, right? <laughs> That's because exactly. so I have a huge crush yeah. on him.
1: <laughs> So imagine these two examples is, one, you see the screen. You realise that you're looking at a screen mm. or the, the screen turns off for a second. Yeah. You realise that you, you're you're watching a movie. So the emotional investment is no longer as powerful or when you realize you're in a dream, like the lucid dreaming concept, like you ha- you're having a nightmare and you realize it's a dream. So it's like a perspective shift, not necessarily ah. being more present. Because
0: some dreams feel like actual reality. They feel so exactly. real. Yeah. yeah. You ever had
1: a dream so that that felt very real and was affecting you, but then you realize it was a dream? Yeah, so many. Yeah.
0: Majority of them, my dreams. And it, if,
1: if the dream's really bad and you're suffering from it and yeah. then you realize you're in a dream, like how, how does that change the effect? Oh, relief. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, that's exactly how it works so this these kind of realizations it takes away the suffering that of of like our day-to-day lives mm. that's the concept
0: it's very interesting it is it's, yeah uh, it's, it's kind of you don't really think about these things on a daily basis tell me a bit about yourself and your kind of current journey or your journey before with mental health
1: yeah um so i'm a veteran with mental health that means i've gone through it all yeah <laughs> if that's good or bad so i I mean, first of all, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was a bit different from the people at school. Mm -hmm. Um, Quite anxious, Uh, Mm hypervigilant. Also, I went through depressive stages, but I've managed to overcome that. But my prevalence uh, was with anxiety. And when I was at university, I actually started to manifest in physical symptoms. I started to get like panic attacks, stuff like that. I didn't know what it was. And I'd go down to the, the doctors and kind of like get checked out and... Uh, I thought there was something wrong with my heart, but then it turned out it wasn't. And they kept saying, oh, you've got anxiety. And I was like, get out of here. You yeah. know, like, it can f- cause physical symptoms. And um, yeah, so that, that was a changing point in my life because I, I had a panic attack. That felt so real. I thought mm. I was going to die. Right. Yeah. It felt so real. And it woke me up to what I was doing in my life. I realized like, uh, cause it felt like I was going to die. And I was like, if I die right now, I'm going to re- regret so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, all those things that came into my mind, I wrote them down after that panic attack and I said, I'm going to actually do these things and, and live like how I should. So in a way, it actually helped me kind of wake up to the bigger picture of what life should be about. But at the same time, like I did go and do these things and I did accept that it was anxiety, but it was still there. And that started a long journey. So yeah, like I've mentioned, yeah, I moved to London and I wanted to kind of go out and meet people and have, you know, just get out my shell. So I did that um, and then... I realized there was more and more to the kind of life in my mind than I first thought of. Because I had this so-called problem of of anxiety, it Mm. made me look more inwardly and deeply into different esoteric subjects like what we
0: just was talking about. I think people do forget that when you don't speak about what you're going through mentally for so long, it can manifest and it can become physical. Yeah, And so many people do it kind of scares them and it shocks them at first initially because I don't know what's happening to their body because it affects people differently physically and mentally. Some people get, like, joint pain or they feel sick, nauseous, yeah. panic attacks or anxiety attacks. How did you kind of deal with that? When you found out there were panic attacks, what kind of methods and how did you Like you, how did you manage your anxiety after?
1: Um, off. Oh. It's it, it took a while, so at first the acceptance that it was just anxiety, not a health problem. Because thinking it was a health problem has astubated the fact. So if I had heart palpitations, I thought, oh, you know, I'm dying. Mm. Um, the main one, obviously, is just classical mindfulness of, of seeing it and mm. observing it, because there's many different things going on in our sensory experience, vying for our attention, like hunger, pain, sadness, uh, fear, anxiety. So as an example. Um, Let's say I go do a bungee jump and I'm petrified of that, and I'm getting anxiety. The anxiety is gonna be somewhere around the stomach, and you know, it it gets stronger if you observe it. Mm -hmm. So training myself to actually observe other things such as my breath, you could observe your toe. Yeah. it's a skill, it's really hard. Because these things like they're actually, as you're probably aware, of some form of I mean like in you know Sanskrit, they call it sankharas, and in the West we call it like trauma. Yeah, it's it's actually these deep-rooted, um trapped energies inside of us that are kind of like spilling out. So if like you have a fear of a certain thing, there's it, it's not random. Mm-hmm. It's actually you've, you've developed it without knowing. So our we're going to want to focus so much on it because it's so powerful, it's so dense. So you just trying to, say, observe your breath while you're going through one of these like attacks yeah. is really hard. But you have to do it. You have to train yourself. It takes a long time, I think.
0: Another thing that I've heard is when you're going through like, an anxiety or a panic attack is to put your mind elsewhere by focusing on the senses. So yeah. one thing you can see, one thing you can hear, one thing you can smell one thing you can taste and one thing you can touch and once you do that you kind of ground yourself and you're like putting your mind elsewhere and it's kind of making you more present it's slowing down those thoughts because you're focusing on finding one thing to look at one thing to hear or taste yeah that's what I feel like when you know what you have if it's anxiety of or panic attacks it's learning how to slow down those thoughts and I think a lot of people I mean, sometimes when it gets so bad, I get really bad anxiety attacks, and it's really hard oh, to slow down your, okay. slow down your mind. But yeah, I feel like yeah. we need to have these practices put in place to help us slow down our minds.
1: That's a great point. I think yeah, they are the starting point of mm. this kind of journey into this deep rabbit hole that we are all going to go down eventually <laughs> if you want to but but yeah the, absolutely um, having these in place really helps so if you have a mindfulness practice meditation practice yoga mm-hmm. breathing whatever works for you
0: so for people who may not know can you briefly describe what flotation therapy is I can <laughs> I had one session oh. obviously like a few months ago and some people knew about it and some people didn't so how, how would you describe it
1: yeah so Basically, the concept is to deprivate all your senses to the mm-hmm. the best we can. It's it's really hard because to completely 100% eradicate all your five senses, you're going to disappear. And it's just not possible to do it unless you learn how to meditate for a long time. So the idea is that exact thing. So the water is at your skin slash body temperature. I know skin and body differ very like by half a degree um but as long as we get it like that it's like 35.9 to 36 degrees yeah. right so the concept is if you're lying in that your mind's going to get confused as, as to where the edges are of your body is whereas the sensations of the edges of the body it's going to kind of that's going to kind of go a little bit yeah it's pitch black if you want it to be you turn off the light um you naturally float there's enough salt in there to to float without having to try and you can't really hear anything so your sense is uh, the dial, you know, like on a, on a light switch, you dial down the light. Basically, it's like that with your senses. The senses have all been dialed down by about 50%, 60%. Not yeah. 100%, but almost. And because of that, you'll get a chance to kind of cut off from the outside world and explore your inner beautiful self.
0: It's like being back in the womb, I found. Can be,
1: can be. But do you remember what that was like?
0: I yes. <laughs> no. can't recall. Yeah. <laughs> what about people who have like, claustrophobia who are anxious. What so the, would you yeah. so recommend the, for them? The
1: thing is that's actually an idea that you have in your mind that you'll be anxious inside the tank. The thing is, like when you're in there and if you properly surrender to it, it's not gonna feel like you're in a tank. It's gonna feel like you're floating in space. So if you get attached to the idea that you're in a tank, yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna get claustrophobic. But at the end of the day, if you as long as you keep the lid open a little bit, you should eventually just feel like you're floating in space. So a lot of people do say that and I just say just do it. And and people that come in are claustrophobic they do it and then they're like oh my god I oh, was yeah. claustrophobic in there I was so shocked so. I,
0: I, really, I really enjoyed the experience yeah. I thought it was amazing but how did you find out about, about? <laughs> how did you find out about um, flotation therapy and what was your first ever experience like
1: okay my first was really good so it was in London I've, I've always known about it well I haven't always known but I heard about it through like some podcasts Joe Rogan was mentioning it a lot and I was like that's on the list to try right and a friend of mine booked me in for it. Uh, we went and did it and I really just got it. I just loved it. And I came out. Also, I had some stomach problems at the time and it actually really helped with it.
0: What, like? In- IBS and stuff oh, like that. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I've heard it helps with that.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. And and I got out, I felt just a bit more healed in a way. and
0: also no, the Eps- Epsom salts magnesium. help with um, yeah. joint pain as well. Joint anyway.
1: pain, muscle recovery, um, sleep. And so that's when I first tried it. So. But, but what ended up happening was when I was working and I was editing a lot and so I was looking at a computer screen for long periods of time and I got, got neck tension mm-hmm. and I tried to float again and I got rid of the neck tension, completely got rid of it and my contract where I was working was coming up and then there was a, they were opening a new float centre so I applied and then I actually got the job so I was like, oh cool, I can float more, you know, and that's what, I, what started <laughs> float happening. Float every day. Yeah, I tried that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Um... Yeah, it was good. It was good. I think what, what started to happen was you kind of, it's, it can become an addiction. So if you had it, like anything, there's, I, th- I do think you can have too much of a good thing. Like, yeah. Like, uh, you yeah, meant
0: to savor these things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like honor it. Uh, it's like the Taoist concept, isn't it? The middle way. So flowing every day because you're, you're d- I did it when I didn't need it. So it should be for when you need it. And also mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, honor it. Um, but it was still cool. It's good to experiment though. Like
0: amazing what are the benefits of an hour float in a flotation tank when it comes to both our mental well-being and physical health and how long do these benefits last
1: <laughs> so you're going to get a taste of basically samadhi or well-being so in a sense but when you're in there um you might f- you might find it challenging at the beginning. Like, it does depend. Did you find it challenging? I did, yeah. yeah.
0: The f- I've only ever been once. I'm going okay. back today yeah, nice. again. <laughs> but when I went for the first time, I found it really hard to shut my mind off. And I th- I was quite anxious that week anyway. I was ruminating about a lot of things. Mm. When am I not? Um, <laughs> but I, was, I found it quite hard to shut my mind yeah. off because I was, like, thinking about random things. And then once, you know i turned the lights off and completely deprived my sight and i I closed my eyes as well i just found myself in a really weird kind of sleeping state Mm. but it was i don't know how to describe it it was like i was asleep but aware aware yeah it was i was dreaming i had weird dreams um and it felt like it went really fast because I remember when the music came back on again to signify that the session was over, I just remember, <laughs> I actually remember opening my eyes and being like, what? <laughs> like that. <laughs> my reaction was, what? Because <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand or believe how fast it went because that's how... Yeah, it, I, was, I was in deep relaxation when I finally found that kind of point.
1: Oh, you've hit our slogan. That's what they, uh, the uh, deepest relaxation. Oh, really? Relaxation. Oh, really? Is, yeah, that the, yeah. is that the slogan? Okay, yeah. maybe I well, should. Yeah, yeah, we didn't pay you <laughs> to say that, did we? <laughs> uh,
0: Not at all. Not at all. This is from the mind of Aisha. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just went so quick as soon as I found that re- relaxing point.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, when I shut my mind off it was just yeah it was amazing
1: how long did that last so like for you personally
0: so for the overthinking bit it probably wasn't that long yeah. but obviously when you're in a tank it's like t- deprived of sight and everything it feels longer but then as soon as I was like in that kind of sleep state it felt like it went so fast because right. I remember when the lights came on and the music came on I, was, I just looked I felt really confused yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like what's <laughs> happened um but yeah, it was it was a, definitely a an amazing experience and I think everyone should try it at least once. I
1: agree, I agree.
0: Um so yeah, so what would you say the benefits are when it comes to mental and physical health obviously we we touched on physical very briefly it being you know joint pain
1: amazing for for muscle recovery and and so something that's kind of interesting there's there's a guy that popularized this concept called joe dispenser he's like a a scientific kind of doctor but he also looks into kind of more esoteric subjects he's kind of interesting i've read one of his books but it it fits him floating. so scientifically you go into what's called a fetus state like your brain waves go into fetus and that's i think what goes what happens rather sorry if you are sick mm. your body needs to heal so you actually go right there and you get it in deep sleep um so it's your body kind of rejuvenating so if if you are stressed tired got a lot of cortisol it's going to lower it all down so if you float and then come out you're uh going to be less hypervigilant and more relaxed your body is going to just feel better you're going to be more aware of your body as well because mm. a, a lot of the time it brings awareness to what needs to be uh what you need to be aware of. So, let's say you have a pain in the back, it'll uh, bring that to the forefront. Some people come out and it's like, oh, I've got a pain in the back. It's like, yeah, because you, you, you've been sitting for months on end in the yeah. semi, or so that happened to me. You know, like there's certain things that started to come up. So it, gi- it just gives you more like awareness about your life. But absolutely, you, you do do feel more relaxed, less anxious. You can feel more energized as well, mm. like ready to kind of take on the day. Better sleep, it really helps with sleep.
0: So when do you, if it's if you say it makes you feel energized and it helps with sleep, when's the best time to do it then? Mornings or evenings? Do you
1: know what's weird? So what basic how it works is like your physiology needs to get used to it. So it, I'll be honest with you, it took thirty floats for my body to just get completely thirty. Used to it. Yeah, <laughs> wow. That's just honestly like to get completely used to the experience, where like you'd get in and you're totally at ease of the experience. Mm-hmm. So once you once you reach that point, you can do it any time. You could do it in the morning, in the evening. You could go do it and then work straight after. But for most people they would probably it's probably best to probably do it in the evening because you it might make you a bit kind of drowsy.
0: Yeah. I did feel like the that night I did have a really nice sleep. Yeah. Oh, cool. It made me feel really relaxed. Actually leads me to my next question, which is how often should one float and make part of a routine to achieve maximum benefits? <laughs> yeah. Um
1: I would say as often as you can, twice to three times a week, amazingly, but it's it's quite expensive. Yeah. So it's definitely worth it. I mean, if if you do struggle with uh mental health, mm-hmm. uh, it's something that you find hard to deal with. Um floating is a great kind of tool to just help you through that i call it like meditation on stabilizers i was literally just about
0: to say that because for people who find it really hard to meditate would you say that this is easier an easier form because some people can't they physically cannot meditate yeah they're overthinking or they'll think about their to-do list or errands they need to catch up on and some people do find it really hard. Some people are amazing at it and they can, mm. they can zone out and meditate for an hour. Yeah. So would you say this is like an easier option for them?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's also one thing that it's really good for. It's a great entry point into that world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a lot of like open mindedness to even want to look into that stuff um a lot of people wait until it's too late like they have a crisis in their life then they start getting into that stuff yeah but what's good about a float tank is you could come in so as an example i've I've had a few people come in and speak to me and then actually want to know more it's like oh well like we're talking about non-duality like oh, what's that or like where can i learn to meditate or learn proper yoga and and then you kind of see them blossom so it's almost i I see it as like a a seed planting
0: Mm, it kind of like opens them up to do more and practice more mindfulness yeah amazing um is there any real science behind floating
1: i think we just touched on it yeah with the feet so Mm. you you go into so the the concept especially in the west we're constantly in like what they call a beta state or hypervigilant i mean it's it's the classic isn't it you know like back in the stone age days we're only needed to be hypervigilant when the People are coming to kill us, yeah. or like the tigers. You need to be aware then, to, so you can defend yourself. But now we live in such a comfortable state that we don't have. They're not the problems. Um, so our minds are looking for issues, and they're finding they're finding issues in really meaningless, pointless things.
0: Do you think that's where anxiety stems from? Because um, I've 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 read this somewhere else yeah. that the reason why we're anxious predates to you know cavemen times when we used to be anxious when our ancestors were hunting and how we would be feeling it in our gut and had to prepare for the worst when it came to like you know survival yeah but now we've carried that kind of gene in us still and that kind of thing in our brain to be anxious but it's kind of exacerbated in a way that we're anxious all the time like you said for little things is that is that kind of drawing parallels to that as well
1: exactly you know hit the nail on the head Yeah. yeah so it takes you away from that into the fetus state so your, your, your body and mind can kind of just rest and actually be in the state that it needs to be in. Mm-hmm. And in, in theory, you, you should be in that state or at least I think alpha more often than not rather than because there are times when you need to be like that. And it, anxiety is useful. Mm. It can help you um, navigate me, the world. Give me an example. So as an example, okay, so imagine me and you are in the forest And a tiger's behind us. Yeah. You don't feel any anxiety. It can eat you, kill you. (laughs) It's just just intelligence. Intelligence trying to work for you. But it's the classic. It's working against us. Yeah. So you you have to understand like how anxiety fits in your life and that it can actually help you. It's just a sign that something needs to be addressed. The problem is that that's something is very, very rarely needed. Mm -hmm. Like when are we ever in those situations? Very rarely um so and and what's interesting is because we don't face those situations as much, we're not strong enough to deal with them, so when they do come up, like the anxiety is way more intense, yeah, you know, so that's another thing to be aware of And We were talking earlier about like jumping in the pond, so doing doing things that kind of challenge you and actually bring out anxiety can actually help you understand how to deal with it, and that's also another thing that's helped me as well so
0: doing things like jumping in cold lakes i think
1: so yeah yeah raising the adrenaline in. yeah yeah absolutely oh
0: my god one thing i do want to try is um skydiving yeah but do it, do it yeah. i would want to do it strapped onto someone else yeah because yeah. i don't want to jump off a plane <laughs> without anyone behind me because i don't want to it's a
1: good way to start yeah yeah.
0: i'm not doing that like just me free fall no way but um i mean the thought of that it just makes you feel anxious
1: <laughs> yeah but I th- you know this whole thing with anxiety i think it's Ultimately linked to our fear of non-existence. I think it, that's the root of it, really. Explain. So imagine, like, if, if you think about it, what is it that's so scared about being eaten by a tiger? It's, yeah, it's it's annihilation, not being here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the primary cause of keeping us all alive. If we didn't have it, then we wouldn't be here. We'd just walk into a a, a fire, or would walk off the edge of. If you had no fear and no intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. So it, the fear of death is kind of at the core of all anxiety. If you can kind of that that's what i found in my journey is is that that exact thing was actually at the root of it and and i mean maybe maybe it's different for everyone that's the thing it's always case by case but for me and from what a lot of people i've seen it's it's this fear that like you're finite and that mm. life eventually will come to an end and it's hard to it's hard to take and deal with that that kind of big question and when you start looking into it that actually causes more anxiety so you just shut it off so yeah, I don't Yeah, because I feel
0: like anxiety now with people manifests the mind because we worry about the future we worry yeah. about you know our current situation and I think because of lockdown and people isolating before and being in that state where you're alone with your thoughts is probably manifested that and exacerbated that to a whole new level because people are worrying about their futures, their jobs, their careers, their finances, everything. What would you, what would you suggest for that then? Because obviously that's not the same anxiety as a tiger behind you. That's, that's a different anxiety.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's easier to see the illusion of that anxiety Mm -hmm. than it is to see. So the tiger one is, is a real one that you have to deal with, but things like that, it's, it's all an illusion. It's just, it's basically deep rooted, um, kind of roots that you've created in your own mind that need pulling out and Mm -hmm. need seeing through. So there's a few book recommendations, recommendations I can recommend. One of them is called the untethered soul, which talks about how the mind becomes like how you've described, how does the mind start off when you're a baby uh, and kind of a child go in because when you're a child you're not worrying about those kind of things but when you get old oh, do you do why is that and it kind of touches on that and it's a lot to do with what we were saying earlier our sankharas or our emotions building up and we're not do you bring- think
0: most of that is to do with the nature the nurture around us because when we were a kid we don't we never think about these things but do you think it's the influence of people around us that are enforcing those anxiety? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Like our parents are rubbing off on us, you know, you need to think about this more and then when they say that you're thinking, oh my God, I need to think about this more and it kind of ruminates and manifests and it's to do with who we surround ourselves with.
1: Yeah, and when you're a child you don't have a choice. Exactly. (laughs) He's got to take it. Here you go. Here's some problems and go deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: actually... I haven't thought about that but it's so true, isn't it? Like the whole nurture and nature. Yeah. It isn't just with behavior and what you inherit. It's to do with the mindset as well.
1: So let's think of one. Like think of... So it's worrying about your future career. Like it's... it's, 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 If you actually break it down, what is it? It's a thought about the future. Yeah. That exists in the present. So you're worrying about the future. All it is is a thought. Yeah. That's... The, the substance of it is it's only as powerful as you give it mm. if you, if you give it attention then it will grow into a more another thought and then another one
0: like a huge mound yeah. yeah
1: so the thing is if you if you see it for what it is uh, it's just a thought mm. i don't have to listen to that and and understand where it came from is that thought yours Rowing it like you should get a good job or is it society's
0: yeah it's so true especially society yeah. they're like one big influencer yeah. into the mind as well
1: totally does it make you a better person if you have a really good career or, or, or a terrible career? It's like, it's up to you to decide that. So you have to rewire the structure of your own belief systems and biases and stuff like that and actually realize that it's all just built on a fabrication. We've all just made all this kind of stuff up as a collective. Yeah. So if you see through the illusion of it, it frees you of the problem of it. But you have to actually see it for what it is. It's just a thought.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. We we're looking at it. I'm yeah. glad we touched on that. Um, what can someone expect from their first float?
1: a good time <laughs> so so you're, you're gonna you might like you said you might get a bit anxious and you might find it a bit challenging in there but you're going to experience a, a deep feeling of relaxation for sure you're gonna you're gonna be more aware of your body and you're gonna you're gonna get out and it's gonna basically shine a light on what you've been doing have have you been taking time for yourself or mm. not and if you haven't you're gonna be like i need to do this more I need this more and
0: hopefully make you practice yeah. more mindfulness yeah. as we discussed earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you
1: know what's so amazing is it actually works better for people that if all they do is just work and they're constantly on. If a float would work better for someone that's meditating all day. So <laughs>
0: producer Sam's having his first float today. So maybe this will be very good for him. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Hell laughs> <He's>, yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's nodding away. Yeah. Um, are there any side effects to flotation therapy? If there are any.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is an interesting one.
0: Oh, God. Is it scary? No, no, no. no, no.
1: (laughs) There's no... Okay, Okay, if you have epilepsy or low blood pressure, consult your doctor. Yeah. But in terms of general... Okay, what happens is it can make you a little bit lazy. Not lazy, but it could... Really? So, if you have a lot of op, if you- so, what I mean by that is if you float, yeah, you're not going to want to go and, um, like say, work out or do your homework and stuff like that. It puts you more in a relaxed state. So, if you're doing it a lot, you can start to, like we talked about, it can become yeah. an addiction. Do you know what's really, really interesting? It's so, it's probably a
0: good thing to do in the evening then when you're about yeah. to sleep, so you don't have to do any tasks during the day, exactly. Yeah,
1: what I would say is, um, in in there's a book called The Mind Illuminated. It's a really good book on mm-hmm. Buddhist meditation from the yeah. beginning to end. And there's a trap in meditation in halfway point of your journey. And they call it um, subtle dullness. Yeah. What that is, is you start getting pleasure from meditation that feels very similar to a float or very, it feels very similar to watching telly and you can get stuck in it. And if you get stuck in it, what starts to happen is, you, you know, if you smoke a lot of weed and you, you can kind of, it's just <laughs> harder. To, I don't know if you d- have done that, but it's just harder to kind of get that kind of drive to exist. So it it's kind of, a, it's, it's a very yin. Slow yeah. and relaxed. It's, yeah. a, it's a yin practice. It needs a yang too. Your life needs to be a mix of the two. So if you are always do, so that's that's the issue. You have to understand that like it's a yin and a yang. Yeah. So this is a yin thing. Combine it with a yang as well. You it's know?
0: a bit like, um, guided hypnotherapy yeah a bit yeah. like that because that kind of that always puts me to sleep for sure or sound bulbs.
1: sound, oh yeah i great. love a sound bath. yeah yeah <laughs> so they,
0: they're they very relaxing they can make you feel very like slow and yeah. just you know deep in thought just oh, ultimate sleeping relaxation so i'm guessing yeah that would be the same as rotation therapy yeah. wouldn't it
1: yeah
0: well we are coming towards the end of the show now. But thank you so much, Dominic Berry, no for thank coming you. on today. It's been amazing speaking to you and actually like thinking deeply about rooted anxiety and also an insight into flotation. No worries. Is there anything you want to say before you leave us today?
1: Yeah, I think if, if you do suffer from the things that we've brought up, kind of just start slowly and a float is a great way to start. And if, if you come in, you can have the light on. Um, you can have music all the way through to guide you so it's always good to go at your own pace as well i know it's obviously spoke about trying to push your comfort zones but it's good to just kind of always be in the middle of your comfort zone rather than going over it you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) you might hurt yourself so yeah don't don't be anxious about it and understand that you're in control of the experience and definitely definitely check it out if this resonates with you in any way i think
0: well thank you so much dom thank you that's all we have time for now Join me next time and don't forget to subscribe.
1: Recorded and produced by the AV Club Podcast Production.